0: moving iron podcast is proud to be part of the global ag network the network is live so check out globalagnetwork.com for more details and updates now on to the show
1: moving iron in the 21st century hard-working people working hard for you and me moving iron time and time again through the years you'll find us here, Moving Iron
0: Hello and welcome to Moving Iron Podcast Market Rundown with Chip Nellinger. Chip, how are you doing tonight? Hey, pretty good. How are you, Casey? Doing good, man. Well, the report came out Friday and it was, uh, well, atrocious, I guess to say the least. It was uh, anything negative could have been there and it was there, man.
1: That's, uh, that's an understatement. It was kind of worst case scenario for uh, for corn. It really was. Uh, and I think it all being equal, uh, the, the acreage number up 3.66 million acres, um, I believe 92.8 million acres. That was uh, probably acceptable, but the problem was the stocks number, the quarterly stocks number was just massive. Um, there were almost 300 million bushels above the average estimate. Still, um, like, uh, 6% lower than a year ago but it was way, way bigger than the market thought and uh, it has everyone scratching their head wondering now did the USDA uh, actually underestimate the crop size the bad part of this is we got to wait another three months till June right. um, to kind of find out what the next stock report uh, is and so that's a long time frame um, but uh, yeah we had some massive selling, funds are massively short corn now um, uh, you know, probably closing in, uh, there's some estimates uh, that uh, on Friday alone they sold between 40 and 50,000 contracts corn. Wow. So uh, they got to be knocked on the door of a 300,000 contract short position. Uh, the good news is that's uh, that's a record. Uh, they've never been uh, that big of a short position in history. And um, they've you know, they've got the whole growing season ahead of us and it's less than ideal. I mean, uh, it is uh, cold here, it's snowed in northern Illinois here. Um, uh, yesterday, I believe, uh, you know, inch. We had plenty of rain here the last uh, four or five days. Uh, low low to mid-20s for uh, overnight lows the last couple of nights. So uh, we are not uh, anywhere close to being ready to do any field work at this point. So, you know, um, best can be said is the funds have a massive short position. Um, hopefully we can kind of digest and, and pause here um, and, and not do too much damage to the downside um, because of that quarterly stocks number in corn. Uh, everything else was, was fairly um, benign in there. Um, four and a half million less bean acres, uh, which was uh, you know actually bigger than expected. But the bean stocks are massively bigger than a year ago, and that's not a surprise. It's not like uh, we didn't know that going into it. But it still just kind of underscores the fact that uh, we got a lot of beans, we got a lot of corn, and uh, yes, we've got some uncertainties getting the growing season started. But um, you know, until further notice, the funds are in in sell mode and wanting to short this thing. And uh, unfortunately, we're going to fight that uphill battle for a while uh, until we uh, you know have some sort of a of a spark. And that spark could be a lot of things. Uh, could be weather. It could be planting delays. Uh, could be China. we got some more talks scheduled. I believe Tuesday and Wednesday is when they're scheduled um, in Washington. Uh, it sounds like last week's talks went very well, but the market doesn't care at this point. Uh, they're They're done with the talk. They want to know uh, here is the final uh, you know the final agreement, and here's what um, line items, the quantities and exact amounts and, and exact commodities and products that China's gonna take. And so, all the rest of us just um, no waste at this point until we get some sort of agreement. Hopefully, um, you know, it's possible that come this week, depending on how these talks go. Uh, and that would be something that's a little bit of a game changer if we can get that done. That's definitely gonna uh, lift the, the lid a little bit on these grain markets. But until then, um, you know, unfortunately, these reports were, were all fairly negative. Um, Quite honestly, I mean, they were, uh, they were other than the corn stocks. I think everything was not really um, a shock, but it just still kind of underscored we've got a lot of corn, a lot of beans, a lot of wheat, um, plenty of stocks. We're not going to run out anytime soon. And the funds are in sell mode. So unfortunately, we're back to kind of the depressing uh, funds are going to sell every bounce type of a thing until further notice.
0: All right. Okay. So <clears throat> you started off earlier with the with the um you know talking about the report and and you know it's one of those things where this is what i'm gonna plant but it could change you know who knows but the downside to that what you did mention was you know we don't know the stock report till three months from now and uh in june so i mean when will the i guess when will the market start kind of reading into what their some of the scouts are saying or when they're doing some crop tours and those kind of things to, to what they see planted versus what they hear, you know, what the stock report is.
1: Yeah, I, I think that um, you're already starting to see some of that mm-hmm. um, from the standpoint of uh, it, it is a slow start. And, and that's why I just despise uh, this March report from an April standpoint. It was surveys taken as of the 1st of March. Obviously, uh, a lot changes between the 1st of March and the end of March, this year especially, with all the flooding and, and um, you know, the cold, Uh, wet weather everyone seems to be having right now and so uh, number one that can change planting intentions number two price can as well so you know i don't know what we are now 20 plus cents lower in corn than when we uh, did that survey so price alone can can dictate some acreage switching and uh, yeah that's still very much up in the air but unfortunately just like the stocks number we're not really going to get the next um, acreage snapshot until the end of June as well so we've got to wait um, you know three more months for that and i at that point the market's going to start making its own assumptions about how do we get planted what's the planning pace um, you know where um, where's it raining are we are we dry anywhere um, so that is important and uh, honestly you know this uh, the rest of uh, April we're kicked off uh, with April tomorrow so then it's going to be all about the next forecast that comes out, how much rain's in there, are you going to dry out in the western Corn Belt, allow some, some field work to happen uh, here in the eastern Corn Belt. Um, so it will affect things, but it just seems like the market takes its sweet time and wants to see an actual problem. So we may still be four weeks away. We get uh, you know the first couple of, uh, of plantings reports, um, and you know by May 5th, May 10th, we're we're really behind and, and Iowa and the Dakotas and you guys in Nebraska aren't uh, you know making progress, then the market might care. But uh, it'll be a it'll be a slow progression on that. Um, so it it does matter, but unfortunately for a few weeks it probably won't greatly affect um, the markets unless it just goes dramatically, you know, if you get just keep getting flooding rain after flooding rain in the western corn belt, obviously that's gonna affect things. But uh, you know, it's uh, it's never cut and dried like that, it's just is a progression and it it takes a while and it, and it gets frustrating, like, is the market ever going to respond to, to good news? And eventually it does, just like hogs, I mean, it's very similar to hogs, uh, you know, just had the African swine fever issues and, you know, everybody knew that China was losing massive amounts of hogs and the domestic hog prices were going up and it like every other day, uh, you know, hog prices are into new lows and just getting hammered. And then all of a sudden it did matter. So, you know, it, it does, it's frustrating to watch that, especially if you're out, um, you know, in the western Corn Belt, the Dakotas, or the flooded part of uh, Nebraska, you're like, great, corn's in the new contract lows. And, uh, you know, we've got the worst flooding uh, possibly in history. And it is frustrating. Uh, and it does matter. It just takes a little while uh, for the market to to uh,
0: wrap its arms around the extent of the problem. Mm-hmm. Yep, okay, so let's talk about the uh, livestock market here for a minute. So let's talk about, you know, Nebraska here, we've got quite a massive We've got uh, severe flooding on the eastern side of the state, and we had a pretty massive blizzard come through the western side of the state, um, and that, that pretty much was all the way through Dakotas, all the way down into eastern Colorado. Um, well, basically the whole state of Colorado got got a little piece of that. But um I keep hearing this this million head of cattle loss that, that kind of gets keep tossed around a little bit, but the uh, cattle market hasn't really responded to that at all. What's your opinion of that, and, and how do you see that working out?
1: Well, it did a little bit. I mean, um, when that number first came out, um, I'm not sure if it was uh, uh, Secretary Purdue or, or a Nebraska State um, uh, Agriculture uh, Secretary, I'm not sure which one, but They did come out with that, and and the the cattle market did respond up sharply. Uh, I think that's the day we put our highs in. Part of the problem is it's kind of the opposite in cattle than it is in uh, corn right now. Funds are really close to a record long. Um, We have been rallying on this news, so some of that's digested in there. Um, Carcass weights continue to go lower, and that's still as a result of uh, all the horrendous uh, feeding conditions that we've had all winter long. And so it is affecting it, um, but at a certain point, you know, you get far enough along with the market. It's a futures market and it has the the most bullish or bearish news digested into it. And and that's my fear of the cattle markets. We did support pretty well. um, And and really what seemed to support us was when they came out with uh, those carcass weights and uh, they were down pretty dramatically. Uh, so that really helps support it so you know things won't go up forever we're at pretty lofty levels I think there's room for us to go up but you know when the funds decide to get out I mean the, the hog market's case in point you know just if you haven't if you're waiting for higher prices you're waiting for higher prices um, you got to act you've got to execute at some point in time because when it turns it'll turn so fast that you don't have time uh, to react so um, I think in, in the case of cattle, we just have to keep that in the back of our minds and, and, uh, and have a plan. Obviously, we, we can uh, make a stab at what uh, cost of gain is and break evens. And obviously um, you know those have been a little bit uh, underestimated because of the, the horrible winter we've had. But we are getting into some areas on the thirds or have been uh, at the highs that you know start making some sense and And probably bear watching and and making some decisions out there. Um, But, uh, you know, it'll be, uh, you know, one thing is for certain, we talk about this a lot uh, on this podcast, and that's volatility. We haven't seen a whole lot of it other than Friday in the grain markets, but the cattle market and the hog market definitely are starting to get uh, volatile. And uh, there's going to be big swings, already have been up and down hogs are a case in point hogs uh, you know we had a hogs and pigs report out that's a um, a quarterly report uh, last week it was a little bit negative so there's big numbers out there and that seemed to take the air out of the hog market a little bit and uh, in fact we uh closed the limit down one day we were sharply lower friday i came back off the lows a little bit uh but just goes to show you man we tapped 25 bucks on hogs and took about uh i don't know uh eight out of them and uh Two and a half days' time, so and, and there's nothing to say that the highs are even in yet. So you're starting to see some really exciting uh, volatile markets, uh, at least in the in the livestock sector. And uh, and the good news is, if there's any bright spot, uh, it, it maybe is in the livestock sector, at least from a profitability standpoint. If you're looking at uh, you know what uh, probably second, third highest hog levels for summer months we've ever had. Um, you know we we've had a huge rally up in cattle. And, uh, you know, if there is a bright spot in ag, it's at least that, you know, hog prices have rebounded and cattle prices are, are, are strong here, even though it's been really challenging. Um, and, you know, from a the <coughs> feeding perspective, uh, hopefully we can get a little bit of life back into the grain markets and give those guys uh, something to, to smile about because it's getting a little depressing over there.
0: Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, how much of the, uh what you see happening with with beef, and what you see happening with maybe some poultry and stuff like that. I mean, the hog number is such a big number that China has to to fill that void now, and it's getting worse every day. Um, could you see some support in the beef market just because of of you know people looking at other sources of protein other than than, than hog markets over there?
1: Yeah, I I think so. And you might already be seeing some of that. Um, you know, obviously this China agreement's been uh, pretty well. Document, will it happen, um, uh, or not, um, hopefully sooner rather than later, but you know, there's every reason to believe that that could uh, include a little bit of U S beef as well. Um, so absolutely. I think that's already starting to, to support things a little bit, uh, from a, a consumption standpoint a demand standpoint, um, you know, and, and these markets will respond. If you start getting some confirmation of a, of a trade agreement with some exact tonnages, um, you know, the, the, the cattle market, the, the hog market will respond um, really quickly. And um, that's that's the great news about these markets. We just need to get that that spark of news out and, and get it finalized. And I think you'll be looking at um it, it should spur some short covering, just the news alone should spur some short covering in the grain markets to give us um, you know, some sort of a balance. But happens to coincide with uh, continuing continuing wet weather um, you could you can maybe build something and get a bigger rebound but uh, absolutely it's critically important uh, with what's going on in, in China and it sounds like uh, it's not got any better there were some you know it's a shot in the dark it's, it's anyone's guess at this point exactly how bad it is um, but I heard uh, some talk last week that you know it might be up to half their offer. Um so it's whatever it is was twenty percent forty percent fifty percent big, big numbers, and it's going to take them a while to fix it. It's going to take them a while to rebuild and repopulate, and all the while, they've got a lot of mouths to feed, and, uh, you know, that's why every Thursday on the export sales report, uh, you know, and, and up to this point, the, the livestock sales, the meat sales, have kind of been a little bit of an afterthought, usually, um, but, boy, not anymore. I mean, it is closely scrutinized to see is China in there for port? How much? And uh, it's going to create a lot of volatility every Thursday morning uh, when those export sales reports are released.
0: Yep, yep. There's a ton of stuff going on. <clears throat> ton of stuff going on right now. Um, just so much volatility, and not so much volatility as there is. It could just go one way or the other at any time. So, having that plan is a very important thing to have. And if, if folks have a plan that they're working on, or want to have you help them do one how would they do that chip yeah
1: it, uh, it is critically important it's about to get busy um that's uh you, you know spring field work planting and typically your your spring high um, in uh, corn and beans comes around the first of may give or take uh, a week or, or or so 10 days on either side of that that's a busy time for farmers so you have to have a plan and, and you can't take your eyes off the ball because these markets can change so fast. So uh, we'd love to chat with you here ahead of uh, planting. Um, our office number is
0: 309-550-7213. And uh, we'd love to uh, just chat with you on what your plan is and how we might be able to uh, to help you. Right on. Well, I want to say one thing before we shut it down here. I've got to tell my mom happy birthday. So happy uh, happy birthday, mom. You're 28 again. So I love you. We'll yeah. talk to you soon. Hey, happy birthday. <laughs> right on. Right on. All right, Chip. Well, we'll uh, talk to you again next week. Till then, have a good one. And if uh, something crazy pops up, we'll give you a shout.
1: Okay, that sounds good. Thanks a
0: lot. See ya, man. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Moving Iron Podcast, now part of the Global Ag Network. If you'd like to continue any of these conversations, you can hit me up on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at Moving Iron LLC. You can also send me an email at Moving Iron Podcast at MovingIronPodcast.com. You can also visit the Moving Iron Podcast YouTube channel and watch Market Roundup with Chip Mellinger, Sean Hackett, and Angie Setzer. Also, Tax News with Glenn Burnbaum. Please visit movingironllc.com. Here you can find information, details, and updates for the 2019 Moving Iron Summit in Nashville, Tennessee. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can leave a review and subscribe at iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio, SoundCloud, and globalagnetwork.com. So until next time, let's go move some iron. This is Casey Seymour, out. <laughs>
1: in the 21st century